everyone and welcome back to another episode of the life of a fashion student podcast with me your host christina ang how is everyone doing i hope you're all thriving right now especially as the weather starts to get a little warmer yesterday was the first official day of spring and we've definitely been getting into those spring vibes with a few days here and there being really warm and Not to mention daylight savings happened, which was like an immediate mood booster because now it doesn't get dark until like, you know, 7pm. As you guys know from me saying it on my last podcast episode, I am currently on my spring break. But it is Sunday for me today, so alas, my spring break is coming to an end. I'm trying to really cherish all the time that I have left, and surprisingly, it's not like I've been sitting around watching Netflix all day during the days of my break. I've actually been really good about finishing my work every day and don't you worry guys, I know it is my break so I'm not putting like an immense amount of pressure on myself to finish anything but I do think that a little bit of work each day for me can't hurt. But yeah, that's all that's been going on with me lately. It is super crazy and surreal to me to think that I have less than two months of school left And the crazy part is not that I'll be done with my junior year, like, that is not what surprises me or makes me, like, scared. It's the fact that my final, which consists of three fashion products being made and completed, is due in less than two months, and that scares me so deeply. So I'm not even going to think about it right now because it's just going to stress me out for the rest of this episode, but yeah... That's what I've got in store for the next two months. It's just like grinding out and really working hard to finish these pieces that are due for my final. My problem is I'm always worrying about stuff that's going to come in the future. And it's just it's just something that I do internally. Like my final is literally April 27th and 28th. And you can see how stressed out I am about it right now. So I've definitely been working on getting better at not looking into the future so much and just focusing on the present moment. But... I certainly have a long way to go in improving, you know, in that area. It's not even that the final itself stresses me out. It's just thinking about how much work I have yet to do towards my final is what's giving me like the most amount of stress. But I digress. This episode is ultimately not about school stress. Another thing that I wanted to bring attention to before we go on in today's episode topic was What's been happening with the rise in violence against Asians, and obviously this topic is of great importance to me because, you know, I am in fact Asian, but whether or not you're of Asian descent yourself, I'm sure you're feeling all of the same things and thinking about how this could be our world where this kind of violence is being condoned. I wish I could describe to you all the feelings I've been feeling as of lately regarding all of the news that's been popping up regarding the increase in violence of Asians and Asian Americans, but... I truly can't put into words exactly like how I'm feeling. I'm not going to lie to you guys on here and act like I'm 100% okay because that just couldn't be farther from the truth. Like today while I'm recording this, I am honestly feeling a little bit better, hence why I'm recording this because definitely if I wasn't up for it, I wouldn't just force myself to come on here and talk to you guys about something entirely unrelated to how I'm feeling. But in short, I've been feeling really sad, upset, worried and disturbed by the events that have been occurring lately. This past Thursday, I actually woke up at 5.30am to head to work in the city and 
on my ride to work, I read the news about the eight people, um, six of them which were women, who were shot and killed at the massage parlor in Atlanta, Georgia. And as you can imagine, that pretty much ruined my entire day and I had such a hard time working and doing anything else than just thinking about that whole entire situation. So it was a pretty rough day for me, but I also had a lot of friends reach out to me and ask me how I was doing and offering their support. So that was really nice to see as well. But basically the whole day when I was in the city, I literally avoided leaving my office building at all times because I was just so afraid of what would happen if I went out into the open streets. And that's so sad for me to even say, and never in a million years did I think I would feel unsafe on the streets of my own city, you know, being New York City. If I wanted to go out for my coffee or my lunch break, I literally either delivered my food or I'd find a place that was a short distance away from my office because I just didn't feel safe being out in the open for too long. That's what it's come down to, and it's so crazy how much has changed since, I guess, this time last year, but... Anyway, that is all that I wanted to say on the topic, even though there's still so much to be said and obviously much to be done. But yesterday, I came across a really great resource that my sister shared with me with like tons of resources to help support and alleviate Asian and Asian American violence. Of course, there are so many resources out there for you to peruse and so many threads on social media that you guys can also take a look at. But the one I have provided in the description is the best one that I've seen and also one of the more comprehensive ones. So a big thank you to whoever put that together. I think it was an organization called HAAPI, but yeah. I just really needed to get that off my mind and I don't think I could go this entire episode without addressing what's been happening lately because I, as you can imagine, haven't been able to stop thinking about all of these recent events. But in any event, we're going to move on to the topic of today's podcast episode, which as you guys can tell by the title, is all about rejection. And you're probably all wondering why I decided to dedicate an episode to a very negative and somewhat morbid topic. And that's because I wanted to shed some light on this whole idea of rejection because, let's face it, it happens to all of us at some point in our lives. Whether that's getting rejected from a job, getting rejected from a college you apply to, or even getting rejected from you know, a guy or a girl, there are so many different scenarios in which one can get rejected. And no matter what, it's just something that you're going to experience or even something that you've probably experienced more than a couple of times. I know I have. It can be really hard to be rejected in whatever capacity it's in, and it can also be really hard to not take it personal. I know personally, I used to be someone who would always find fault within myself when I was rejected to something. And I've gotten a lot better at not thinking that way now than I was in the past, but I still do find myself sometimes lingering on the possibility that it could be something that I did to cause such rejection, which is definitely not a good way to feel about yourself. We as humans always want to try to put the blame on and find fault within ourselves because it just seems more plausible than to think that it's someone else. I've come a long way in learning and being able to deal with rejection as it happens to me, And now I said I've come a long way, but that doesn't mean that I'm an expert at bouncing back from it or that I've even fully understood each time why I got rejected. It just means that I've gotten a lot better at being able to bounce back from it and also accept that it's not always my fault. So the point of me putting this episode out there for you guys is to help you understand that you're not alone and that I've experienced pretty bad rejection in my life as well. 
but I'm going to walk you through some of the things that have worked for me and how you guys can deal with rejection a lot more positively. But before we get into that, I wanted to share some quick tidbits of interesting facts that I found on this whole concept of rejection that I never even knew before doing research for this episode and that a lot of you may not even know yourselves unless, of course, you're studying psychology or in the medical field or something. You guys know I always find these psychological and scientific research findings to be especially interesting and a lot of it has to do with my science background. I'm just very drawn to fun facts that people don't normally know about. So anyway, getting into it, the first little fun fact about rejection that I discovered was that the feeling of rejection is directly linked to physical pain pathways in the brain. So in other words, the same areas of the brain actually become activated when we experience rejection as we do when we experience physical pain. And so next time when you hear your friends or peers say that they're actually in pain when they get rejected from something or someone, then you know they're not exaggerating. I genuinely did not know this at all and to hear about this little fact really does shed a lot of insight on the feeling of rejection and a lot of the neurological and physical pain that comes with it. And actually, when I read this fact and I thought back to all of the times that I got rejected, I started to realize that it actually made a lot of sense because there were times when I just felt an immense amount of physical pain along with the feeling of being rejected and I obviously never understood why. The next fun fact actually goes hand in hand with the last one, so... Since the same areas of the brain are activated when you feel rejection just as you do when you feel physical pain, it's actually proven that Tylenol reduces the emotional pain rejection elicits, which I find super crazy because I just can't imagine people taking medications to sublimate their feelings of rejection. And don't get me wrong, you guys, this is not me telling you to go off and treat your feelings of rejection with Tylenol because... I honestly myself don't believe in medication, but that's a whole other episode within itself. I just wanted to share this little fun fact because I genuinely found it pretty interesting and I'm hoping you guys did too. Fun fact number three, we can relive and re-experience social pain more vividly than we can our physical pain. When you think about it, it does make a lot of sense because you're more likely to remember those instances where you were rejected and felt emotionally down rather than a time where you might have felt an immense amount of physical pain. I'm sure you've all heard people say actions speak louder than words, but there's actually an extension of that quote, and it goes, They say actions speak louder than words, but in some cases, words hurt a lot more than actions ever could. That's why, as cliche as it sounds, we always need to watch what we say to other people because we never really know how it's going to impact and affect them. My twin sister and I always talk about this, but... A couple of years ago when, you, you know, she was back home and we used to fight, like, a lot, we would say the most nastiest things to each other and just not thinking before we said any of it. And I guess I was a lot more hard-shelled on the outside because I didn't take a lot of what she said to heart. But later on, after we had fought, she admitted that a lot of the things that I said to her really hurt her and made her feel a certain way. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting and relevant to this whole idea of emotional pain causing a lot more damage than physical pain ever could. But going back onto the topic of rejection, another interesting idea that I learned was that rejection actually temporarily lowers our IQ. At this point, it seems like rejection is just linked to a lot of things that we don't normally associate it with, but in terms of IQ, there was actually a study that showed people being asked to recall a recent rejection experience and to relive the experience 
that was enough to cause people to score significantly lower on, you know, IQ tests and tests of short-term memory and stuff like that. So yeah, just another interesting little fact for you while we're on the topic of rejection, but I just found all of those things so interesting and just stuff that I've never known about the feeling of rejection. In switching gears a little bit, I thought I'd kind of take a moment to talk about my own experience with rejection. Like I had mentioned early on in the episode, there are so many kinds of rejection one can face, and I think the two main instances people will conjure up when they think of rejection would be getting rejected by someone who they like, or number two, getting rejected from an opportunity career-wise. I would definitely say I have more experiences with the second instance because Let's be honest, you guys know this, but I definitely don't involve myself with like romantic relationships, at least not anymore. But hey, you never know, that may be something that I come across more often in future years. But yeah, going back to what I was saying, I've come to experience most of my feelings of rejection as it relates to getting rejected from jobs or internship opportunities, those kinds of things, which I'm sure many of you can relate to as well, especially like if you're in your 20s or you know, your late teens, you're probably experiencing the real world of like jobs and careers very much. But I do have to say though, I'm lucky that I never really had to experience rejection when it came to like big life-changing opportunities and stuff like that, because I can just imagine how hard that would be for someone. I feel like I'm very lucky to say that usually when I apply for something, whether that be a job, internship, college, whatever it may be, most of the time, I ha- I have had, you know, a good amount of luck getting those things that I've applied for. And that's not to be, like, bragging that I get whatever I apply for because there is a lot of hard work involved. And if you know me personally, you know just how much work I put into job applications or college apps all the same. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's so weird how so many people who don't know me that well will assume that I've never had to face rejection before. And actually, it's quite common amongst my close friends, too. A couple of months ago, someone who I hadn't spoken to in a while, but who went to my high school, we were talking about something over DMs. I forgot what it was and what we were talking about. But at some point, he had said to me, like, straight up, Christina, I feel like you get everything you go for and that you've never gotten rejected before from anything. And quite honestly, I wasn't surprised when he said that because I do get that a lot from other people as well. Much of that, I think, has to do with how I portray myself, mainly on social media, because as we all know, Instagram is a highlight reel of everyone's life, and so just like everyone else, I do post about the highlights of my life and all of the good things that happen, of course. So when people see me constantly post about getting this job and then that internship or whatever, they just automatically assume that I've never gotten rejected before and that I just get everything that I go for. But that really couldn't be farther from the truth, because little do people know that I actually went through multiple job applications and interviews for other opportunities that I either didn't get didn't get or never heard back from and got completely ghosted. Hearing that from people reacting to what I was putting out there also put a lot of things into perspective for me because it made me think about how I was portraying myself on social media and quite honestly, I don't want to come off as this perfectionist who is perfect and has no flaws and gets everything that she applies for because that isn't the truth. There are things that I get rejected from that I don't talk about or don't immediately post on my account because obviously it's not something that I'm proud of and I'm not just going to post it if I get rejected. And I know I myself have a lot to improve in that area about not making social media look like a highlight reel of my life, but 
something that I think will help a lot of you guys who might be feeling down about yourselves when you see people who you think never have to face rejection is to realize that that's only the side that they're choosing to show to the public. Even people you deem really successful in life like CEOs, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, as ingenious and successful as those people are, they sure as hell have had some rejection experiences and stories of their own that they can speak on and it's just not something that you would associate with these kinds of people because their success is plastered all throughout social media in a way that kind of dehumanizes them because we see them as perfect human beings who can do no wrong. But anyway, yeah, I ended up going on a little tangent there, but I found it really quite amazing and shocking that there were people out there who saw me, of all people, in that kind of light. Because internally, I'm just like, I'm a nobody. Why would people think so highly of me? Not to like degrade myself because, you know, we're all about self-confidence and self-love here, but yeah, for people to think that I have never had to face rejection in my life is just one big joke since I've had my fair share of rejection stories as well. For me though, and let me know if this is the same for any of you, I feel like with our world being so technology advanced and just everyone being so engaged on their devices, that is why we have such thing called ghosting. And you're all like, okay, what does ghosting have to do with rejection? But let me tell you guys that it has all to do with it. This idea of ghosting, which really just means cutting off um, from all communication with someone suddenly, is really just this newfound way for people to reject other people. And I don't just mean when it comes to dating and relationships because I know that's how a lot of people view this term of ghosting and to be associated with, but I just mean in general, a lot of people use this method of ghosting as a vehicle for rejection. Let me tell you the amount of times I've conducted a job interview and then just have never heard back from the person or company ever again is obscene. Like, why can't people just have the decency to say nicely that you didn't get the job? That is something that I will truly never understand and I always tell, you know, my aunt and my friends that if I were ever to like have a company, I would always make sure that my employees were sending out proper like rejection letters instead of just ghosting people. I'm sure you all have experienced this at least once in your life where you finished an interview or job application or whatever it is and then you you know, you're waiting to hear a response but you just never get one back. So obviously, you're going to assume that you were rejected and that you didn't get the opportunity. But the fact that you had to wait and hold on to the hope that you might have gotten it because they never actually said no is the worst and most agonizing part. And that is the same kind of experience when it comes to dating and relationships. If you're on a dating app, which sometimes I'm on, and you start talking to someone, and then all of a sudden one day they just stop communicating with you entirely, that also elicits these feelings of rejection as well. So definitely this method of ghosting has really just given people more accessibility when it comes to rejecting people and it's obviously also a very easy way out because when you ghost someone, you don't need to face them and tell them the hard truth, which is that they've been rejected. One of my biggest fears in life is actually that one day I'll have to deliver rejections myself and I am way too nice. I don't know if I could ever do that to someone's face. But I'm sure I gave you all a lot to think about in your own experiences of rejection and now I want to move into basically what the title states, you know, how to deal with it. Because at the end of the day, you indeed have to deal with it. Unfortunately, we're not able to change people's decisions once they've been made, but something we can do is decide how we deal with it and ultimately how to overcome it. The first thing I'd say I do when it comes to dealing with rejection is first... 
just honestly wallowing in it and allowing myself to feel whatever feelings come over me. I bet a lot of you didn't think that I would say that, instead tell you to all just be really headstrong and just get over it. But no, I think it's important to allow yourself to be emotional and just open up to what you're feeling. Especially as we've discovered before that rejection pretty much equates to physical pain, so that's even more of a reason for y'all to take some time for yourselves when you're going through a rejection phase. Now, everyone's different in terms of how much time it takes to process things and just wallow in the pain that rejection causes. But for me personally, it's like three to four, it's a three to four day kind of thing. Like, let's say I get rejected from an internship offer or something. It'll take me at most three to four days to process it, be sad about it, and then ultimately move on. For some people, it may be different. It could be longer or shorter, but the most important thing is to let yourselves have that time to feel whatever you need to feel. And also remember, it happens to everyone. Rejection is not a feeling that is exclusively for you, and as I mentioned earlier, even the most successful people you know have been through it, but just grasping and understanding that you're not alone in this feeling will help you immensely in allowing you to fear it less. What comes after accepting the rejection and allowing yourself to actually feel is then looking for the learning opportunity. Because if you're going to go through something as shitty as rejection, you sure as hell at least want to get something out of it, and that is relatively positive. I always see learning opportunities as a win because that means I'm growing and hopefully in the future I won't make the same mistakes or I'll know what to look out for. I actually have my own funny little story about a learning discovery that I made after getting rejected to something that I had applied for. So as you can imagine, I apply to a lot of internships and that's what kind of keeps me employed every semester. So you can bet I'm applying to so many opportunities at a time. And this was two or three years ago, I can't remember exactly, but I had applied to this one internship that I honestly didn't meet a lot of the requirements for, which makes a lot of sense because it was a visual merchandising internship and I obviously have no prior experience in that. Visual merchandising is definitely something that I wanted to explore, but I haven't delved deep enough into that realm just quite yet. But anyway, getting back to my point, I applied for that internship anyway because I thought, why not? And also, it was with one of my favorite brands, um, Sandro Paris, so I definitely really wanted that job. Um, And out of sheer luck, I ended up getting the interview, which I was super surprised about. But they must have seen something that they were interested in on my resume, so definitely wasn't complaining about that. I go do the interview and, in my opinion, killed it. You know, I just had such a great conversation with the interviewer and we got along so well, it seemed like everything was perfect. And also during our conversation, they were talking about all the exciting things that their interns would be able to do, like travel to LA with them for certain events and blah, 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 blah. So, of course, hearing all of that, I was even more excited to intern for them and just work with the company. And just like that, a week goes by um, and then a month goes by and I never hear back from them. I sent multiple follow-up emails, nothing. So, I think like after a month went by, that's when I finally gave up and just assumed that I hadn't gotten the position. But, you know, not a fan of how they went about ghosting me, but it's fine. I wasn't that bitter about it. From that entire experience, though... The big learning opportunity for me was to honestly never apply to something that I don't meet the requirements for. Because yes, it's true, I'll never really know why they didn't hire me because it did seem like they were genuinely interested in me. But ultimately, when I thought back to it, I really didn't know any of the things that they needed me to do um, in order to like intern. 
So yeah, lesson learned. And since then, I make sure to take the time to read through the job description and job requirements so I have a better idea of what I'm getting myself into. My whole point is it's the small lessons like that that will save you a lot of time in the future because, you know, you'll have learned from it. And finally, by far the most important thing to take away from this episode would be to not let rejection stop you. Trust me, y'all, I know it can be so hard to push through the feelings of being rejected once and to keep going, but you seriously have to do it no matter what. You may be wary the next time you go for something that you've been previously rejected from, but seriously, just tell yourself there's no harm in trying again. I know some people are really big on if they don't get something the first time around, then they don't even attempt to try again, and that just makes zero sense to me. Unless you're going to lose something by trying again, I say why not just go for it and chances are you might actually get it the next time around. Trying to say in general you should always go for the things you want no matter how many times you have to do so. I don't know how many of you have ever heard about the Doodle for Google competition, but it's an art competition that Google holds annually for middle schoolers, I believe. And one year I applied for it, I did the design and everything and poured my absolute heart and soul into it, but guess what? I didn't win or even make it into being a national finalist. And yeah, I was pretty hurt about it, but when the next year came around, I applied for it again. I did the design for the new theme and then submitted it, and before you all get too excited, no, I didn't win, but I did make it to the 50 national finalists round, which was pretty surreal for baby Christina, so that was pretty neat. What I was trying to get at with this example was that just because I didn't make it in the first year, I didn't let that stop me from applying the second year. And call me crazy, you guys, but I'd actually apply the year after that as well. But unfortunately, no luck with a third time either, which was completely fine. I accepted that there were plenty of other talented students who had applied, but that doesn't mean I was any less talented than them. But anyway, the last thing I wanted to share on this episode that I thought would really help any of you who are just really stuck in your ways about rejection is about trying to look at rejection with another perspective. There was this article I had read about the ways in which mentally strong people deal with rejection that I found quite interesting. I'll leave all the resources that I'm pulling from in the description, by the way, of this podcast. But what the article had said was that these mentally strong people viewed rejection as evidence that they're pushing their limits. And I was truly in awe because I had never thought about rejection like this. So here's a little more of what it said in the article. Mentally strong people know that rejection serves as proof that they're living life to the fullest. They expect it to be rejected sometimes, and they're not afraid to go for it even when they suspect it might be a long shot. If you never get rejected, you may be living too far inside your comfort zone. You can't be sure you're pushing yourself to your limits until you get turned down every now and then. When you get rejected for a project, passed up for a job, or turned down by a friend, you'll know you're putting yourself out there. If that doesn't make you view rejection in a more positive light, then I don't know what does. But yeah, I thought I'd leave you guys to dwell with those ideas that I just shared. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would love to hear them and I'm always open for new ideas. But anyway, I love you guys so much and see you on the next episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.